0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. The boys and I are back for another episode of The Marvelous Miss Marvel. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. So, Miss Marvel, episode four, it's called Seeing Red, and first and foremost, I sort of geeked out because this took me back to Moon Knight for a second because we have a QR code alert. I have to bring everyone's attention to the fact there was a QR code in this episode and it was, do you remember when she was walking through the streets of Karachi and she had separated from her cousins and she had this conversation with this photographer? On his little stand, there was a QR code on the top of the stand and if you scan that QR code it takes you to another free comic which happens to be Miss Marvel number 12 and in that comic She actually, the whole storyline is her going back to Karachi, to Pakistan, almost very similar, I should say, from what I understand, to the plot of this episode, which we find her and her mom going back to Karachi. So, fun, little fun fact, QR codes are still popping up in Marvel Disney Plus shows.
1: Great job, Marvel. Yeah, I
0: I actually think it's pretty cool. That's a fun little thing, especially if you want to uh, keep your eye out for, like, the QR code hunting And, you know, if you're into reading free comics.
2: Another thing I caught on to in this episode is there is another Ant-Man reference. If he's not in this show, I'm going to be upset.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't think she, I think he's already been in the show enough where, um, where by, just by Easter eggs, we don't need to see a live performance. But I think it's funny how they reference him in almost every episode too.
2: It's not enough. We need Paul Rudd.
0: Paul Rudd makes everything better. That's very true. Um, so, uh, overall thoughts. Oh, one more thing that's sort of funny. There was, there were literal Easter eggs in this episode. During the chase scene at the end, uh, one of the things that they either jump into or whoever's chasing them uh, jumps into when they pull out into the street, plastic Easter eggs are falling out of the back of it. So, there's real Easter <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Um, but before we get into your overall thoughts, uh, of course, this episode is going to contain spoilers for Miss Marvel. So if you haven't watched Miss Marvel episode four, go ahead and turn this off, go watch Miss Marvel, and then come back and listen to what we have to say about it. But if you have watched it, guys, what were your overall thoughts on the episode? I
2: liked it because in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, We've literally been to different dimensions. We've been to different planets. We've been to outer space. But we've never been to the other side of the world, like specifically Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, really cool. And although it's not in the big screen, in movie theaters, it I really liked it because it took
1: us to that side of the world.
0: Yeah, I like that too. That was pretty cool. Luke?
1: It was cool. I'm sort of at the same spot where that i've been after every episode where it's it was it was fun to watch but i'm not like too invested in it just because i don't i don't have a sort of connection or attachment to any characters or any like particular plot points and that doesn't mean it's bad it's just you know it hasn't really hooked me yet
0: yeah and that's fair because not everything is going to be for everyone right uh, but there's still entertaining aspects of it, so I appreciate the fact that you that you look for those. Um, yeah,
2: I really liked that uh, you're sort of getting the superhero Kamala. She put on her little mask, and although <laughs> although the red dagger guy I can't remember his name makes fun of her for it, like do all superheroes like wannabes like wear those? Is that a necessary thing? And I I liked their banter. I thought it was cool. They're similar in age, so it wasn't. It, it looked and it, it sounded natural, um, but I really liked <laughs> the thing that noticed. I noticed the most was um, Kamala's New Jersey shirt. It was an AvengerCon shirt, yeah, and I thought that was so funny and so spot on with the character they've created her uh, to be, and and that's just. A, a comic book nerd yeah. a, an avengers nerd yeah. she has she re- references her nickname should be sloth baby yeah. and first few episodes that was her production on what we assume is like a youtube channel yeah. and then now she's going to the other side of the world wearing a new jersey avenger con yeah. shirt
0: and the the sloth napping pillow was a funny recurring joke too yeah, it was. where they referenced it on the airplane and also the cousins I'm not gonna, I'm not, I have something to say about The Cousins, though. We're not gonna talk about that yet. We'll get to The Cousins in a second. Um, but I thought that this episode, I actually had this thought while I was watching it, because I've heard in a couple of places, uh, Luke, I think you even referenced it too, that this show is the most like Disney Channel feeling show of the Disney Plus show, so it feels like a Disney Channel show. And in, at times, I agree with you, and I've heard uh, some other people say that, too. And that's not a knock against it, that's just the way that they're making it. But I felt like this episode s- felt more like a Marvel story than the previous three episodes. I think maybe because they were in a different setting. We did get a little bit more powers and, fi- and, and action with those powers and a, car che- a, a, a street. Uh, chase with with different types of vehicles which is always a big marvel thing too right Uh, so i felt like that that it was more of a marvel show this episode than than the previous ones
1: i agree but there was still some disney channel mostly dialogue like a couple times during the chase the guy was like go get him (laughs) go that way like don't let him get away yeah, but I don't think that
0: that's going to change. I think that's just in the DNA of the show.
2: I also thought it was funny. There were t- like two lines back to back. It's like, we're not going to get out of here. Action goes on. We're not going to get out of here. And I just <laughs> thought it was so funny.
0: Yeah, um, so one of the things that I really enjoyed, a specific thing, I, I really liked the character of Nani, her grandma, um, and her name is Sana, and, which is interesting because Sana, she's named after the person we talked about in last week's episode, which was one of the co-creators of Miss Marvel, Sana um, Amanat, I believe it is. Uh, But her first name is Sana. So that character is named after her. So that was cool. And I enjoyed her character. I enjoyed the dynamic, you know, the arrival at the airport and how she sort of, you know, latched right on to Kamala and Kamala as well. But then we got a little taste of the Nani and mom dynamic. We got a lot of that, which we'll get to. But the thing I, I really I really liked from the beginning was her conversation with Kamala where they were talking about the bangle and she had so many questions, right? Kamala had so many questions. Uh, but and, and Nani was being very patient and very wise with her. And the line that I really liked was when she said something to the effect of, if you had lived like I have, lost what I have, uh, you would learn to find the beauty in the pieces. And I think that that is a really important theme overall in the show because everyone that's attached to Kamala, her entire history and her heritage is based on the tearing up of a country, right? Where we learned about partition and learned a little bit more about partition in this episode, the civil war that ensued. And just the tragedy that came uh, because of that, and I think that it's it that theme of being of looking for beauty in the pieces is reflected not only in Nani, but also in Kamala. Right? She's trying to figure out all this stuff, trying to figure out how to fit into her family, how to be a superhero. Now, I think the mom is looking for beauty and in, in the pieces. The mom and the dad are both doing the best that they can in this. Um, in in this life that they've built for themselves. So I really just thought that that was a beautiful line of dialogue and it was really a good way to get to know um Nani. Obviously we haven't gotten to know her at all up to this point, but that was a really powerful line I thought.
2: Not only we do we get to see how wise Nani is and learn more about her and her character, but we also get to learn a lot more about Kamala's mom. Immediately, you get to learn when they're at, at the restaurant, they have to sit outside because Kamala's wearing jeans. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, your mother was a rebel. Yeah. they were. The neighbors always hated her. They always looked down on her or whatever. Um, and you definitely saw Kamala be like, my mom? My mom's a rebel? What? You're you You have to be lying right now. And I think it gives her more of like a, I don't know how else to say it than like a human aspect because as a kid growing up, you sort of see like your parents as – Like, sort of not human to an extent. They're like, oh, they're just my parents. And every every child goes through this, and it's sort of a growing pains thing. But hearing that, especially as Kamala is hearing it about her and her eyes are very strict mother. She has old-school thoughts and wants to make sure that she's living by the culture, living the way that they want her to live. Um, But she's, do you want to be cosmic or do you want to be grounded? Do you want to be... a, a, a A good girl, basically. And now she's learning, oh, my mom was a rebel. I think it's going to allow them to grow together a little bit more and help them understand each other a little bit more. And another thing that I really liked with um, the mother-daughter dynamic was the conversation that Nani had with the mom in what I presume to be like the bedroom, Mm. where I had all of these boxes of toffee waiting for you to come back. Don't get me wrong, I ate all of them before you came back. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And then it later went to uh, Kamala and her mom eating the toffee in their dining room and just sort of having a moment, asking her, are you okay? It's like, oh, mom being mom things, like, it's not a big deal. So you get to see that dynamic from grandmother to mother and then mother to daughter, and I just thought it was sort of... Uh, a very beautiful parallel.
0: I think that this episode was really effective in highlighting those relationships. And, and it was something that made me realize, something that I didn't quite know going into this episode, that I think I, f- I feel more invested, as far as the story goes, I feel more invested in Kamala as a person than I do Miss Marvel as a superhero because so far they've done such a wonderful job exploring and setting up the family dynamics of Kamala and her mom, Kamala and her brother, Kamala and her dad, Kamala and her friends, now Kamala and Nani, now Nani and her mom, um, that I feel like I'm pulling more for Kamala to find her place in all of that than her becoming and learning how to be Ms. Marvel and learning how to be a superhero. Uh, I think that, the family dynamic of the show is number 1 way more relatable for anybody watching because you know none of us have a magic bangle that helps us possibly travel interdimensionally but we all can relate to finding our way and our place in a family dynamic or even in a school or in a job or something like that so um it's an it was an interesting realization for me because i i really it really came to light for me in this episode that I, I do feel more invested in Kamala as a person than as a superhero. And, I, and ultimately, I think that's probably a good thing. Um, so, but, you know, Luke, what about you? What do you think about uh, about that family dynamic versus the struggle
1: she's finding as a, as a new superhero? Tell you what, I did miss her dad. <laughs> her dad brings a nice element to the show that I like. But it was cool because... She's, she seemed to be on a pretty tight leash in New Jersey, and then her mom's letting her go out with her cousins, and then her cousins are like, all right, we're going to go get coffee. You go have fun. And, you know, she's walking around a strange city in a foreign country, and, you know...
0: Mom's not worried at all. No,
1: and but you could see her sort of finding her way, and I think they even made it a point to have her go with... Um, I forgot the name of the guy with the red mask, but that night she went out and ate with the friends and they didn't really elaborate on that, but it was cool because you got to see her, like it's a coming of age story. And that was very much coming of age for her. That's an interesting point. I I hadn't
0: thought of that. And you're absolutely right. The mom and the dad are very strict with her in, in New Jersey, but you're, You hit the nail on the head. They go to uh, Pakistan and mom seemed much more relaxed with Kamala, not with her own mom, right? But with Kamala. So that's that's an interesting point. Can I just say about the, about the cousins? Those are the worst cousins ever. They they like literally ditched her in the middle of the street. They're like, oh, we're going to go have coffee. You want to go to the trains? Okay, we'll see you later. She's completely lost. She has no idea where to go. And her cousins just left her there. Like, uh, I, I don't know. As, the, as a dad, I'm like, that's terrible. What did you guys think? It was, is that just a normal thing young people do now?
2: Um, I can't relate. I've never done that to a cousin or a friend, <laughs> uh, especially in a foreign country. So, uh, yeah, I think they hit the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, the cousins. And I, I think a saving grace, though, was uh, eating their, their meal out of a bag. I thought that was a, a nice little like bonfire moment.
0: Yeah, that bonfire was cool. Um, anytime you get to sit on a beach and play the guitar and eat food out of a Ziploc bag and and uh, have a fire, I think is a nice thing. Uh, going back though to the streets of Karachi, I had to laugh with the photographer, the one I, I mentioned <laughs> with the QR code, because I just I, I really can relate to Kamala when she was listening to his directions <laughs> how and to get to the <laughs> and
2: then another laugh.
0: And then another love. And then go a little to little, you know, and then to, to the cart. The reason I can relate to this is because, I mean, that's exactly how how um, your guys' abuelo, papi, gives directions, right? Yeah. So your grandpa, he has given me directions for 30 years, and I look at him just the same way as Kamala looked at that photographer. <laughs> okay i'll find it i can find it but i'm not sure what that meant (laughs) i I loved
2: it i thought it was funny three left turns you're making a u-turn man like where (laughs) am i going yeah
0: yeah it was very good i thought that was fun uh i thought the red daggers were cool i like them as an organization and come to find out that the that there is a character in the comic in miss marvel but it's a character the red dagger so they changed that to an organization because it seems like there's obviously two. Well, there were two, but I think there probably is more. So uh, what did you guys think about the not just uh, Kareem, who is the, the kid, but uh, also um, the uh, the older gentleman? I wrote his name down, but now I can't find it. Um, sorry, you, if you guys remember it, let me know. But what did you guys think about that organization in general?
2: I thought it was really cool because not only is it teaching Kamala what's going on, um, but it's also sort of giving us a history lesson. I think that scene was my favorite scene. It wasn't any action. It was purely just learning what's going on in their world at that time and in the past. And it gives us a visual of what would happen if the clandestines get their hands on the bangle and Kamala and that's literally bringing the other dimension and just swallowing up ours, right? Yeah. So having that visual, and I thought that was really cool tech that they were using. It was just like, to me, it looked like an old-school library. They're using like this magnifying glass, and all of a sudden it's like Tony Stark-level projection and then seeing all this different stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the history lesson it gave us.
0: Yeah, I thought that that scene was very cool. And his name was Walid, by the way. I found it in my notes. Um, So, Luke, what did you think about the Red Daggers and and what we learned through the Red
1: Daggers? They were cool. I thought it was sort of cheesy how convenient it was, Mm. right, where they sort of, like, they immediately found her as soon as she got to the train station, gave her all the answers she needed, and it all just made sense, and it just, it was that way, and they know that all that. Because they do, right? Right. And so it was it was a little cheesy, but it, you can move past that. But I liked, um, I'm a big fan of hidden caves and like hideouts, <laughs> yeah. right? And having a little hideout inside of a, a Chinese restaurant, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool because he moved like not just the stove, but like the entire counter and stuff, the whole wall started moving. So yeah, that was pretty neat. I
2: thought the intro with Kareem to Kamala was a fun scene, but when Kamala asked, like, how did you find me? He said, I could, like, sense you.
0: He sensed the noor, he said.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really cool aspect, and it makes me question, like, is it something similar to, like, the Force? Like, is it something that's found? And they say it. It's like it's in your genes, right? Yeah. So do they share a gene that gives you... That ability, or is it something that's hereditary? Like I want, I want to learn more about that because if you're able to sense it, who knows if Kamala is going to be able to uh, develop that and be able to sense others around her instead of just being ambushed. I also wanted to bring up the clandestines; they are being locked up. I like that you got to see like a whole compound for the um, what were they called the.
0: The Department of Damage Control.
2: There you go, D- Department of Damage Control. You saw, like, a whole compound, and you see them locked up, and I was like, oh, dark scene, here we go. They're going to have, a uh, like, a nice little hallway fight scene. And then they did, but I just thought it was really cool.
0: They did. So there's two things that I, I that was on my mind about the things that you brought up. First, um, I'm going to stick with the Red Daggers for, for a second, and that was, I wanted to say, not only did I think that they were cool sort of as, like, a... No pun intended, clandestine kind of organization. But I also caught on to the whole sensing the noir thing. Um, I, I do agree with you, Luke, about it being a little convenient. To, you know, they were there; they gave her the everything she needed, so there wasn't much of a struggle to find out things she was there. But I think in a six-episode series, there probably isn't a ton of time to make that too cool. You know, if we're looking at like an eight or nine or thirteen-episode, right, like the Daredevil series or something like that, then you have more time to. Make cool scenes out of that stuff, but um, one thing i, I liked um, about them specifically was number one they proved Bruno right, right so not only it was Bruno you said you know you help him go home, they go boom, no, like the whole place goes boom right because according to the the red daggers, their dimension's gonna swallow up Kamala's dimension, and nobody wants that and then um I a little bit jumping a little bit ahead in the in the episode, but still with Walid and the and the and the red daggers, he explains to her that he thinks that her humanity is what's giving her the ability to have these powers. So that made me think, like Aisha and whoever else has had this bangle, you know, maybe they didn't have the kind of powers that Kamala has because I don't know if it if they had the same humanity or if they were only from that other dimension. But I thought that that was an interesting uh, explanation as to why she is unique. And he even called her unique. And I liked that. I liked that we're not going to see another person out there with the kind of gifts or powers that Kamala has. Um, so, yeah, if it weren't for the Red Daggers and those two characters, we, we wouldn't have that information about Kamala. Uh, but also touching on what you mentioned, so they told us that that DODC... That, that was the DODC Supermax uh, penitentiary penitentiary or something like that. Fun fact that that same building was in a She-Hulk trailer and that's where Abomination is being held when he's not running off and getting into fights with uh, fixed fights I should say with, um, with Wong like we saw him in Shang-Chi but yeah that's the same facility but I think they should rename it to like super lax because it was such an easy it's not super max it's super lax right because they just got out so quickly and so easily but you know whatever that they needed to get out like you know luke like you said they needed to move the plot along and some convenient things had to happen but yeah they need to fix that super max word because it was super super not max um so they then you know oh one thing i, I did want to bring up with uh you mentioned it earlier when uh caleb when the two moms were talking, Nani and uh, and and Ami, right? Is that what Kamala calls her mom? Uh, one of the things I loved about that conversation, and it's just a subtle thing, but we're a bilingual family, right? We, How many conversations have you been a part of or have you heard taking place where the people in the conversation just effortlessly go between their native tongue and their second language or vice versa. And the two moms did that. They were in one in one breath, they were speaking English. And the next breath, they were speaking Urdu. And one one person would, um, would speak English and the other one would answer in Urdu or vice versa. And I just loved that. I thought it was so charming. And I think that it was very, it's very noticeable that this show is being made by bilingual people because they know that that's a dynamic that exists that, you might not know if if you hadn't been around that kind of thing. So I just thought that that was it made me feel very endeared to both characters because I was able to relate to them uh, on that on that level. So uh bravo to them for that. Um so you know we 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 get th- I mean that's mostly all the the big stuff that happened right in the episode um until we get to the end where we get the action and the fight scene and really um the the most the thing that I noticed off of that scene was just that Kamala's skills are improving, right? She gets to use a little bit more of her of her powers in in a way that is useful and helpful, and she is really good at you know running into people and backing into people still when she's trying to maneuver vehicles. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I really like that point that you brought up where she's you see her skills developing, you see her with the red daggers and she, like, sort of puts on her own, like, I don't even know what else to call it, in, like, a suit. She yeah. covers herself in this, I don't know, like, what do they call it? Yeah, night it's light? The light?
0: Yeah, it's the light. Yeah.
2: And that's going to come really in handy when she gets into really difficult fights. Um, but one thing that jumped into my head right now was uh, Walid gave um, Kamala this, like, vest-type thing, right? Yeah, And he said, this might not be the most protective, but there is meaning woven into every thread. Something along yeah. those lines, right? I really liked it because I'm not the biggest uh, comic book nerd. I'm not the biggest nerd in general. Uh, but I liked that it was like Ms. Marvel's superhero color scheme. Yeah. And I don't know if it's paying homage to it or if it was something that's going to play a bigger part, which I would assume it would be. But I just thought that was really cool that it was like... This, this token, like, here, take this and understand the meaning behind it. And who knows? It's going to be your color scheme.
0: I, I think it's 100% on purpose. And by the way, you are the biggest nerd here because you're tallest. <laughs> so by default, you're you're Plans. the biggest nerd. Ha ha, punny. But I, I, I caught on that too. That her, not only is she morphing more as a character and, and growing more as a character, but she's also starting to become more like the miss marvel we see in the in the comics because that definitely was working towards that color scheme and I thought that was a cool touch. Um so let's talk about the last the last scene. So at the end of the big action scene there's the big fight there with all the laundry taking place and um so she she deflects a knife attack with her bangle and then she gets shot into we don't know. We don't know what it is. My question to you guys is this final scene, um, is this train station. And I think we're led to believe that it's the night that her nani had that miracle, uh, where she was separated from her dad. She came back and walked found the, the stars, the trail of stars. Right. Uh, first of all, what were your guys' thoughts just on that scene in general? You know, yeah, just, just generally, what, what'd you guys think about that? Um, that scene?
1: that was my favorite scene in the entire show why is that it was very real it it, they talked a lot about partition and the last train leaving and everything but you got to see it yeah and the the way that they showed how desperate people were to get out of there
0: yeah
1: and even i think you hear someone say here take my money i I won't be able to make that trip or something like that. And it it was so real and it was so powerful. And you could just tell by the look on everyone's faces that this was a, not only was this the last time they were going to see each other, but it might be the last time these people or a lot of these people probably won't survive much longer. And it brought a really real element to a show that hadn't really had that up until that point.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Caleb, I'll get your thoughts before I say what I what I have to say.
2: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't know how much I would have ever learned about partition in life. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated it because we're learning about a culture that I personally don't know all that much about in a, a fictional show. But to see that this is a real thing going on uh, that had happened in real history now being portrayed in the, in the series... Um, you start you you have a deeper appreciation because now they've come so far. They they Nani made it through and made sure that now she has her family growing, continuing to grow. And I think Kamala realizes what's going on that night, and you see everybody just crawling on top of this this train and trying to do literally anything they can to support the loved one who's hopefully carrying on, carrying on their bloodline finding better lives for themselves yeah. and it sort of gives an even deeper meaning to Nani being able to find her father through the stars in that moment because if she didn't who knows like what would have happened to her what would have happened to her father what would have happened with the rest of the bloodline and um i just think it made it like I couldn't have said it better than Luke did and made it way more real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I can't add anything to what you guys said, except that uh, how it makes me as as a father happy to hear you guys bring up the fact that this, you know, the human side of this scene, because there's the story side of the scene as well, but that takes a backseat to the images that they want us to see because, you know, tragedy is sprinkled throughout history, right? And partition, as we're learning through this show, uh, is, is w- one of those tragedies. Rarely do we get to see images like that, that help us to sort of understand the desperation in those tragedies. You know, maybe someone makes, I mean, there's a lot of World War II movies. There's a lot of Civil War movies. So we do get to see those images if we choose to watch those movies. And, but rarely do we see something based on a historical event in a superhero film or a superhero TV show. So I have a lot of respect for the filmmakers or this, these show, the, these, this show for including that and making that an important part of the story. I, I think that that is really, um, really powerful and I'm glad that you guys both latched on to the, hu- the human side. Of that scene, now we can talk about the story side of it too, which you know after processing all that, oh, the last thing was was I thought it was a very effective scene, just seeing it from the ground level, seeing it from Kamala's point of view, but when she got up on that train and that camera panned out, you got to see the scale of that desperation and the scale of the tragedy that was occurring, and the families being separated and ripped apart um, and I just thought that that was. Um, you know a plus a plus effort on all of their parts for for making that scene, so the question is are is she just in a very detailed vision? did she get transported somehow back in time? Are we in an alternate dimension? we don't have any answers to these questions, but i mean this is the m c u you guys referenced it before we've been i mean think of like the <laughs> Think of the different levels of existence that the MCU has introduced to us. Number one, through Ant-Man, right? Through Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, the whole endgame thing, time tra- travel, now in interdimensional things like the, what we're seeing with, with Ms. Marvel. So it could be any number of these things. And that's one of the cool things, I think, about the MCU is that they've, they've earned that ability to... Th- this makes sense. Right? That this isn't something that we have to roll our eyes at and say, oh, well, this doesn't make sense, because it does. If, if We've seen all the MCU movies, we've seen all the Disney Plus shows, so we know that anything's possible at this point. You know, um, it even could tie into Loki with all the, the, the time travel and branch timelines and stuff. You have no idea. Is Kamala the one that supplied the Trail of Stars to, to Nani? If she's truly back in time, she could be the person to do that. It's a fun thought. Who knows? We'll find out next week. But I I thought that that uh, was a powerful way to end the episode.
2: That was my thought exactly. Like, she's in the day of partition. And I, my assumption is that she is back in time, which I think is really cool. Interdimensional travel is available. Now she can travel back in time. It makes her a very valuable piece as a superhero and a very interesting character in general. Um, But I do believe that she will be the one, the supplier of the stars.
0: Yeah, that's your theory. That's what you're sticking to. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Um, You know what else I think is fun and what else I think is cool is that we sit here and record our conversations about a 45- to 50-minute show and we easily talk for over half an hour about it. So that's always fun for me. Uh, Do you guys have any final thoughts on the episode before we sign off? How many
1: more episodes are there?
0: Two. Two.
1: Yeah. You see, I think they did a good job of doing what they've done with all the other shows where, like, first episode is just the introduction and then it picks up and then there's one episode where there's sort of a lull. And then I think this episode was a very typical Disney Plus show fourth episode. Yeah. And so that makes me feel a little bit better about the show because, you know, it's so that means that like something big will happen eventually. And that's sort of what I've been waiting for.
0: Right. So it's, if they're doing six episodes, which most of the shows were right, there's, you know, first two or the first act, you know, three and four is the second act five, six is the final act. So it sort of follows, you know, a, a movie kind of structure. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's leading us. I think the last two episodes picked up its pace and moved our, our story further. But again, it doesn't matter to me because I'm really more interested in... Me personally, I'm more interested in, in seeing Kamala figure things out with her family than how to figure it out with Ms. Marvel. But yeah, I agree. Um, the story is progressing, it has progressed the last two episodes much quicker than the first two.
2: My final thought is, will Kamala ever text Nokia back. She needs to be a better friend. That's it's my re- final thought. It's
0: reverse. She is texting Nokia, not she is? not answering
2: her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, good on Nokia. <laughs> good on Nokia. Return it. She didn't give any explanation. She hasn't been a great friend. Good on Nokia.
0: You are firmly team Nokia. You are firmly team Nokia and uh you are supporting her ghosting. Kamala, are you? Is that what I'm understanding? Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Well, it's uh, going to do it for this episode. Uh, how are all of you uh, liking Miss Marvel? Let us know. And um, and also, thank you for listening to another episode of the Colby Cast. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. You can find the Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby Cast. If you're wordy like me you can send an email to Colbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.